following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 165, Flying into Burning Man Airport with Dean Syracuse, coming up in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Eric Crump, Larry Overstreet, Russ Rosleski, Tom Frick, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Stuck Mike Avcast. Today we have a special guest and our first in-studio co-host, Pilot Jim G, is actually with me in the studio here in Lakeland, Florida. Pilot Jim G, how do you like our new studio, by the way? Your studio is fantastic. I think you're going to set the recording industry afire with this studio. We just full disclosure. The studio is actually in my house, so uh, he uh, he was nice enough to come by. As a matter of fact, uh, Jim's in town uh, visiting Sun and Fun for some from very important business, and uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Here, we also uh, have with us again Dean Syracuse, who was on a. a previous episode and just an avid pilot and a wonderful aviator and a super guy does a lot of uh, great things for aviation and also volunteering in life in general dean welcome back to the podcast thank you very much for having me i really appreciate it let's do the pre-flight we're going to talk a little bit about a really special event, like I said, Burning Man. But before we do that, a uh, quick mention from our sponsors. Our sponsor is AviationCareersPodcast.com, where you can find scholarships, career coaching, and advice on many different career fields. And we have many different experts in the fields of aviation and aerospace. So go to AviationCareersPodcast.com. Our first, uh, I, you know, I alluded to it in the beginning, our first announcement actually comes from Pilot Jim G. Pilot Jim G is actually very much involved with events over at uh, Sun and Fun, and he's in the hospitality section of Sun and Fun. But they're doing something new and something really exciting to help Sun and Fun with its mission of promoting educa- education and promoting people within the community. So what, it, what is it we're doing over at Sun and Fun now? Sun and Fun is all about raising money for aviation education. That is Sun and Fun's mission. And all of the money from advertising, from admissions at the gate, uh, from uh, from merchandise sales, it all goes to support aviation education. But over and above the sales of advertising and t-shirts and gate admission and parking, over and above that, Sun and Fun accepts donations. You want me to hold that? All right. As Sun and Fun accepts donations, encourages donations from individuals who want to support their mission and the education programs that Sun and Fun supports. And to do that, Sun and Fun offers to help do that, Sun and Fun offers some upgrades to the experience during the fly-in. Preferred seating, a private club, and so forth. And these have been around for a few years. This year, we're introducing for our larger donors a new program called the ACE Ambassadors uh, F- Premium Fly-In Experience. And there is an announcement about it on the Sun and Fun website, uh, flysnf.org. And this is for more substantial donors, people who really have an interest in Sun and Fun and really want to support the cause. 
Uh, these are multi-thousand dollar donors, and we are setting up for them a hospitality suite to include services such as transportation, parking, food, beverage, all the comforts of home, because we want these people to really know how much Sun and Fun appreciates their support. And we appreciate your support, and I know all of you are going to be at Sun and Fun in April, and we're looking forward to seeing everybody. Well, we're looking forward to viewing that hospitality suite and seeing the pictures online. Not sure I, I'll be able to qualify, but there's something for everybody, isn't there? There is. Uh, we, For example, if you just want a nice, comfortable place to sit down, have a cold water in private restroom, we have the $20 air, preferred air show seating. And it may not sound like a lot of money, but preferred air show seating brings in thousands of dollars to Sun and Fun, just from, from the private restroom, water, and chairs. We have the 927 Club, which is a few hundred dollars, and that includes meals and beverages, and also front row flight line seats. And again, that 927 Club brings in thousands of dollars to Sun and Fun. And now the ACE ambassadors, th these ambassadors are the high value donors who are not only supporting Sun and Fun financially, but are the ambassadors who represent Sun and Fun. And there'll be a special uh, club for them. No, Carl, you may not be able to get to see the inside unless you have press credentials. Maybe we can get you in for a quick look. I don't know. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. I do have press credentials, so may, maybe I'll stop by and, and interview one of those folks and, and, and find out what the experience is like. And I tell you, it is incredible down there what they've done with Sun and Fun and the fact that they're doing this to promote education. We appreciate what you do and also bringing in some of these donors. Uh, so hats off to you there, Jim. Uh, also, our next, uh, let's see, announcement is from me. It's uh, our Facebook page. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. Uh, if you remember on the Sebring Air Show, we try to put as many uh, pictures out there as possible. Follow also the Stuck Mike Avcast on Facebook because we're going to talk about different places we'll be and we're trying to do more live events. I'm actually dragging my microphone around uh, as many places as I can go. So uh, definitely check that out, the Facebook page, and help support us. Also, uh, a couple things with our Instagram account. Actually, I'm going to let Victoria talk about this because she has an announcement with her Instagram account, but Victoria has become basically our social media you know, expert and, and manager here at, at uh, Stuck Mike Avcast. So, Victoria, uh, how can people find our Instagram account, and also how can they find you? So you can find our Instagram at Stuck Mike Avcast. Um, pretty easy there. We're trying to keep that updated. Um, we put up a bunch of pictures while Carl was down at Sebring. And I know we will both be at Seaplane Palooza and Son of Fun. So keep an eye over there because there's going to be a lot of fun pictures. Um, that being said, I haven't been on Instagram in six months, and I just got mine back going again. Um, please follow me over there versus Facebook. I get a lot of friend requests, but I can't accept them all. So if you want to see what I'm doing and what we're up to, um, you can follow me personally at victoria.at.air, and then you can follow Stuck Mike Fcast at Stuck Mike Fcast. Well, great. Thanks, Victoria. And uh, we really appreciate all you've done, especially with helping us with doing the pictures, me being the challenged person here, especially with uh, putting out the, those photographs. So I, I'm you actually did a hashtag. It. I was proud. Yes, I did. I did the hashtag <laughs> thing. I am pr I'm proud of myself. I finally figured all that stuff out. It was a hashtag um, drone. Very yes, creative. Hashtag drone. Yeah. <laughs> what a wonderful event, by the way, going back to that. That was so much fun. And we're getting some feedback. I'd love to hear your feedback as to whether you want us to do more live shows uh of course we we aren't doing direct live we're doing normally a, a a feed from the show a delayed feed in other words that night or the next morning we're going to start putting shows out especially for sun and fun 
possibly having a live, uh, but we are doing one live show for sure on Sun and Fun Radio. And you can actually listen to that right now on liveatc.net slash SNF to listen to some of the interviews we've done in past years. Uh, well, anyway, enough of Sun and Fun, enough of us. Let's get to our guest. Now entering cruise flight. Dean Syracuse is actually, again, someone very passionate about aviation and uh, especially flying the Myers 200. If you, don't, if you haven't heard it, listen to him over on episode 157. Uh, he likes aviation so much, he decided to start a, a company that he uh, actually helps us with our eyes and protect our eyes, and uh, that's Flying Eyes Optics. And uh, you, uh, Dean, uh, came up with this idea a while ago, and I th- hats off to you for, for really putting out a product that I think has, is wonderful as far as both in quality and in style. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. It's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've been flying. I got my license in 99 and, and uh, instrument ticket in 2004. Uh, but I fly a lot and, when I, and, I, and, and mostly cross country. And <clears throat> I, uh, uh, regular eyewear has always bothered me. It's always, you know, given me headaches and just been annoying and, and uh, was tired of it enough to actually start a company and come up with a solution. And uh, that's what we did with Flying Eyes. Yeah, Flying Eyes is uh, very stylish, and, and like I said, go back there and listen to that episode. Well, today, along with some our co-hosts, and I didn't uh, announce the co-hosts in the beginning I have with me, is uh, Tom Frick. Tom, uh, welcome back to the podcast, and it's great to hear from you in sunny Florida. Hi, uh, Carl. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thanks so much. And uh, Russ Rosleski, we also have Russ on here. Russ, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Carl. It's a beautiful day in Oklahoma. Went flying earlier. Nice and smooth. Very sunny, a little cold, but beautiful day. <laughs> and also joining us into in the Arctic North is uh, Larry Overstreet. Larry, welcome. Hello from cold Wisconsin. <laughs> it, it sure is cold and windy. And of course, Victoria, you heard from there. Uh, but uh, just we're all, me again. And it's just me again. And uh, you're actually, I think it's snowing where you are, is it not? Am I in the right ta- state? It or? has been freezing rain. Freezing. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, it's yeah. been a horrible mix. Oh, not a good day to fly at all, that's for sure. No. no. I do not recommend it. <laughs> Well, guys, uh, joining us today again, Dean is uh, one of these very unique people that has been involved in many things in aviation and in life. He's quite the photographer. Uh, Dean, if uh, I remember correctly, you were the photographer for, was it uh, uh, Motor Week, Motor Trend? Yeah, uh, Road and Track Magazine. That was perfect. I got it right the the first time. I was was staff photographer there a long time ago, um, uh, back in the late 80s and uh, early 90s. Well, we have some really cool pictures that you sent us, and uh, a really good oh, photographer, thanks. and I'm definitely going to put those on the, in the show notes there. Well, Great. Dean, you've done a lot of things, and one of the things that I think <clears throat> is really cool is this with Burning Man. When you said you actually <laughs> helped out with, with operations and air operations at Burning Man, I was like, whoa, this is cool. So first <laughs> of all, this is definitely a, shall I say, unique event in the United States. Um, I think there's some people that don't know what Burning Man is, although we hear about it in the news, and we see something being burnt in effigy. So maybe, maybe you could take <laughs> us through that that background of what is Burning Man. Sure, absolutely. <clears throat> so uh, Burning Man is a is an event that it, it's held on the Black Rock Dry Lake bed, um, which is just north of Reno. Every year uh, at the end of summer, uh, it's it's a week long event. Uh, uh, goes basically, it goes from uh, the Monday prior to 
the Labor Day weekend Monday. So Monday to Monday, week-long event. And it's on a dry lake bed. The rest of the year, there's nothing there. And during the event, we get 85,000 people and hundreds of airplanes at our uh, private use temporary airfield that uh, we have registered with the FAA. And uh, it <clears throat> it's the event started in San Francisco uh, by a guy named uh, Larry Harvey. And he was uh, dumped by his girlfriend and... Uh, and and, he, and in order to uh, <clears throat> get it out of his system, he uh, he and his friends burned a uh, an effigy on the beach at uh, at Baker Beach in in, uh, in San Francisco, and it turned into a party, <clears throat> and it turned into a bigger party every year, and it became an annual event, and it got too crazy for San Francisco. Um, that says something. <laughs> that gives you a, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so they decided to move out to the desert. Wow. And, um, they they moved around the uh, Nevada, uh, the northern Nevada deserts, uh, but eventually settled on uh, the Black Rock Dry Lake bed. And um, up until 2000, um, it was I, I believe it was 99 when they when they actually finally uh, put a fence around the event during the event. But prior to that, you could fly in because it's a big dry lake bed, and and you park anywhere you want. And uh, this. Uh, Actually, uh, from uh, uh, Ramona Cox, uh, Sky Chick, who used to fly out, who still flies out there, but she used to fly out there in the 90s. And she was telling me that uh, during that time, you'd, you'd fly out there and, 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 and land anywhere you want. And you park next to some other people and you pitch a tent under the wing and, and you wake up the next day and you're surrounded by more people. So you're done flying for the week. And, uh, it got so busy and, uh, they needed to actually formalize it, uh, an airport. And so in, uh, in 2000, that was, uh, the first year of, the, the airport, uh, I had gotten my license in 1999 and, uh, bought a little Skyhawk and, uh, uh, later in early 2000, uh, a friend of mine, who lives in San Francisco, I was living in Southern California at the time. He says, Hey, there's an airport at Burning Man. And I said, what's that? So I went to their website and looked at, it seemed, you know, like a lot of fun, uh, art, music, um, and, uh, art cars and, and all kinds of, of craziness. And there's an airport there. And I was like, well, okay, well go, let's, let's go. And, uh, I flew up to, flew up to Oakland, picked up my friend and, and we brought uh, tents and sleeping bags and water and basically all the camping supplies. And we pitched uh, a tent under each wing of our airplane, landed out there on the dry lake bed. And in 2000, there was uh, 12 airplanes. It was us and 11 other aircraft and no real formal. I mean, there was a formal airport, but there was a, it's basically a, a little, uh, uh, I don't know, 14, 12 foot little trailer was the, the, uh, airport uh, office and box office. And, um, as I said, just 12 airplanes and, and I don't know, maybe 30 people, 20 or 30 people camping out there. Very, very informal. Um, but you know, on a dry lake bed, you just land in where you want outside of the event itself, which has a, uh, a, a fence around it. Um, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the, the, the people got to, got to, become really good friends with, uh, with, uh, a number of the people out there, whether they drove in or, or flew in. And, um, the next year in 2001, we had 
25 airplanes, so it doubled. And every year it just got busier and busier, and we had we needed more um, um, more people to help operate it and run it. Um, and, uh, and, and well, this is back in the day of, you know, very few people had GPS, uh, in their, in their airplanes. And so finding the place was, uh, interesting, um, uh, cause there's, it, it's so remote that, um, well, even today, uh, anything below 12,000 feet, there's no radar coverage. Um, so you're, you're on your own, you're squawking VFR and, um, finding the place is easier now with, uh, with GPS, we have a identifier, uh, eight, eight November Victor, and you basically just fly right to it. So it's, it's much easier, but it's grown every year, uh, significantly uh, ever since. And, uh, so the last year we had, uh, several hundred airplanes out there and, uh, uh charter operations, uh, uh, last year, uh, actually, sorry, the year before last was the first year you could actually buy a seat on an airplane to go to Burning Man. You could buy a seat from Reno, uh, from Northern California or even Southern California and, and arrive and go to Burning Man. And, uh, hopefully your friends brought you things because, um, Burning Man is an, a unique event in that there's no concessions. There's, you can buy ice and coffee and that's it. Everything else is a barter system. Uh, everything else, everything basically you want to eat, sleep in or drink or do, uh, you have to bring, they, ha- there's tons of porta potties everywhere and they're usually pretty clean, but, uh, everything else, uh, you need to bring out for yourself and, uh, and, and take care of yourself for that, uh, week long event. Or if you go out there for a few days or you're out there for the entire time. Is that because of their principles? I know one of them that I was kind of impressed with is the the decommodification of of this mm-hmm. event. Is that part of that principle? That's that's that is part of the principle. Um, the idea is is it's not a commercial event. You know, the, if you've ever heard of it uh, of the event but never been, uh, and, and some people might say, "Oh, it's gotten all commercial," and it's like, well, it hasn't. It's gotten bigger. I mean, when I was uh, the first year that I was there in in, um, in 2000, I believe there was uh, 20. Let's see here. It was um, uh, there's 25,000 people. I believe that was, uh, and now there's 85,000 people. So it's wow. it's uh, the event itself is is 12 square miles. Uh, it, that's how big the area is. That there's a fence around it for the event. Uh, we go out, the, the organizers of the event and the people that help build it are out there about a month early, uh, planning, setting up roads, streets. Um, uh, there's a center camp, there's, um, the man itself, which is in the middle of the event that they put up every year and burn at the end of the event. Um, and it's, uh, it's is a lot of logistics involved in in building the event and and now building the airport. It's uh, now we have two runways. We have an arrival runway and a departure runway. Uh, they're they're offset but parallel, um, and we have uh, we have a out of control tower. We like to call it. It's Unicom. It's a non towered airport, uh, but we have Unicom that offers um, advisory information about the weather. We have a weather station. Uh, we have. Uh, an air charter tower. We have, um, 
uh, tie down areas that are that are set up, and uh, uh, greeters that uh, help uh, help uh, you with your arrival and, and and greet you when you park, and so you can get to the gate and and uh, get into the event and uh, and uh, have fun. A very uh, very unique greeting, though. Uh, I've noticed they, one of the things that, especially at the airport, watching that video, I was like, really? They're doing little angels in the sand at the terminal. Dust angels. Yes. Yes. So, 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 uh, virgins, uh, as we like to call them, burning man, virgins, the first timers, uh, when they're greeted, they have to, uh, go through, um, uh, the security terminal, uh, they might be asked to uh, uh, do a snow angel to prove, uh, well, to actually to get them dusty. Basically, if, if you arrive really, really clean, uh, you need to get dusty. And uh, and that's what they ask you to do. And uh, uh, that's that's one of the one of the things that that uh, they ask. So it is. So it does. How do I put this? It is a private event. Um, so there might be some nudity. There might be some people that are walking around in various states of dress, uh, very, not not huge numbers. But um, on the flip side, uh, there is a large law enforcement contingent at the event. So, uh, um, you know, if you're doing drugs in public, you're going to get arrested. Um, but if you're doing things in the privacy of your own motor home or things like that, it's not going to be an issue, generally speaking. But it is... It's on Bureau of Land Management, BLM land. So it's on federal land. Uh, so you should be aware that uh, federal law is different than, um, say, state laws. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, you know, fine for, for us, uh, uh, you know, most of us pilots who will, uh, you know, the, the, the most... Uh, craziest thing we'll do is in the end of the evening when we're done flying is have a gin and tonic or a beer. Um, and, uh, but that's the, that's the thing about Burning Man is it's, there's so many different types of people there from all walks of life, from all over the world who are there to, um, do whatever it is they want to do, whatever is whether they create art or they create music, a city of 80,000, 80,000 people, uh, that has different camps and different uh, events and different music and different art, uh, all getting together and and uh, actually having a really nice time. Very very friendly. Even even the law enforcement is friendly. There, you know, most of the law enforcement that's out there, uh, you'll get every aspect of law enforcement from local sheriff uh, departments from the the Pershing County or some of the other nearby counties to. Uh, uh, state and even federal law enforcement is out there um, it, 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 for for various reasons, but generally speaking, and BLM law enforcement, generally speaking, they're all out there. Uh, volu- they're volunteering to be at this event. They're obviously they're law enforcement. They're getting paid, but they don't. They're not ordered to be at the event. And generally speaking, um, they're having a great time too. So as long as uh, people are uh, not doing anything blatantly illegal uh they're not usually worried about it so it's uh, it's it's uh, it's a really unique event like that i think it's uh, unique it's too is the fact that you know being fun and all is, is wonderful but it also one of its tenants i love the tenants by the way i, I live by many of them is the fact <laughs> yes. that they talk about being radically inclusive 
And, yes. And you actually, but but circling back, most people, I think the impression is it's a bunch of hippies, but it's everybody. <laughs> you know, it, I think, I think it is. People think that you know, why everybody. would a pilot fly into there? Is who's very structured, right? And involved in in following rules, yeah. etc. But but there's all different types of personalities, right, Dean? Exactly. Exactly. It is. No matter what your uh, uh, affiliation or bent or pol- politics are, uh, generally you'll find other people like you there. Uh, that's the amazing thing about it. Uh, I've, uh, gosh, you know, at night uh, when we're, uh, if, if we're back at the airport, we're, we're, we're just hanging out with our, our friends. I have friends who are physicists. I have friends who are uh, uh, in, in politics. I have friends who are uh, in all gosh, so many different walks of life. And we'll be sitting around uh, uh, a campfire talking about uh, string theory or particle physics or politics or whatever. And it's, uh, it's generally very um, uh, welcoming no matter what, what you are and, and what you, you know, what you like to do. Um, the, The nice thing about the airport itself is, we like to say we live in the country. The The event, as I said, is, is 12 square miles. And the center of the event is the man. And a mile and a half from the man is is the airport. Um, and it's uh, it's on the outer. Basically, the the there's as I as I mentioned, there's a there's a fence around the entire event. The airport uh, uh, oper- Well, uh, there's a terminal building and. Uh, and and other airport buildings that we that we put up every year on the outside of the event it's all blocked off is the airport uh uh, uh environment there the runway taxiways tie down areas so um the the places where people at that are part of the airport that maybe drove in and have motorhomes will camp is with the uh on the inside of the fence uh, but as part of the airport it's actually quiet out there. When when um, when you go into the event itself, it can be loud and and lots of music, lots of sounds, lots of things going on twenty four seven for the entire week. Out at the airport, it's quiet, and uh, and and we like like I said, we like to we say we like to live it. We live in the country, and so we can go into the city and have a great time and see the sights. And when we're done, we come out to the country, and it's and it's quiet out at the airport. So. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll we'll spend time out there having uh, ha- having uh, you know, like I said, having a drink and uh, around a campfire and talking about all kinds of fun stuff. Hey, Dean, this is Pilot Jim G. Is there a yes. is there a structure or schedule? Are there events? Is there a calendar, or is this uh, or is yes. just everybody does their own thing the whole week? How does that work? No, yeah. So there is a uh, a booklet you get when you arrive that has a calendar of events that that uh, for every hour of the day during the entire event there's there's multiple things going on, and uh, you can you can see the calendar and you can decide what you want to go see and do and um, uh, based on the calendar and it's there's a, a very detailed map of of the entire event and and you can uh, get to a certain event by the the roads that are on the map and so there there's uh, there are uh, uh, radial uh, roads that, that go out from the man itself uh, at, at on, on the uh, uh, on the on the clock. So there's a one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock road, all the way around to ten o'clock. 
and uh, and and five thirty, four thirty, those roads as well. And then there's, uh, uh, you know, you know, as in, in pilot speak, it's it we we'd call that a, a a radial, but but there's also circular roads uh, that uh, go around the event that uh, always they're they're named something different every year, but it goes from a from the inside of the of the circular road to uh, uh, I forget what it goes to now L or M, maybe Q, uh, all the way out to uh, uh, towards the outer outer circle of the event, and so in the booklet you can you can see what's going on and you go oh you know there's uh, something going on at uh, at at, at two thirty and and E uh, at uh, five o'clock this evening I'm gonna go and do that. Hey, uh, Dean, this is Russ. Yes. I, 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 this, this is fascinating. I mean, the whole, the whole thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering what's running through my mind is just the whole process of flying in. I mean, you said, you know, back when it started, you know, yes. just a bunch of people just landed on a, on the, the dry yep. lake bed and, and there yep. you are. Um, yep. I, I have to guess it's not quite that easy now. <laughs> no, it's changed a lot over the years. <clears throat> so what happened was, um, in 2000. Three, we had our first accident, um, and it was um, a guy in a in a in a v, older VTL Bonanza, Bonanza thirty five uh, comes out, leaves it at at o dark thirty because he arrives at six a.m. when we're all still asleep, and. Uh, and maybe it was, yeah, it was around six o'clock in the morning. He's, we, we actually put out, uh, uh, notams on, on frequencies and things like that, but he was on the wrong frequency and he saw at that year, that year we actually set up a runway that was, um, 5280, 5,000, you know, a, a mile long, uh, by 60 feet wide. Um, but the dry lake bed itself is 15, one, five miles wide and Fifty five zero miles long. It's huge. That is ginormous. So <laughs> when you, in fact, it's where they they set the land speed record uh, uh, going uh, supersonic in the uh, thrust SSC uh, back in oh shoot was that ninety seven or two thousand I forget. Anyway, it's long enough to do that. It's huge. So when you fly there and you you see the the runway, you go, gosh, that's tiny. How can I, you know? land on that but you your 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 depth perception is out the window and so it was for him and that year we uh it was very informal um and he uh he thought that was not the runway he thought maybe that was the rc uh runway because it just was way too small even though it was a mile long and when the event's not going on there's a, a what they call a plier road the road that goes from one end of 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 the uh, dry lake bed to the other and it's well traveled. So it's very well marked, uh, that you can see from the air. Well, he thought, gosh, that makes a, that's a perfect place to land. Um, well, he doesn't see the trash fence that, or the, the fence that's around the event. And, uh, he doesn't notice the wind direction from the, you know, the, we have wind socks at the runway, but he didn't see the, you know, thought the runway was too small. And he, uh, uh, didn't t- notice the wind direction from, you know, cars driving around, kicking up dust. 
So he lands inside the event, downwind. Oh, yeah, and he forgets to put his gear down. <clears throat> um, so he comes to a stop, and uh, he, he actually lands in walk-in camping. So fortunately, he doesn't hit anybody, um, and everything's fine, except, you know, he's now a, an, a, a, an art piece. Um, and, uh, and he gets mad at us for not being on the, on the, not being on the wrong frequency. Anyway, <clears throat> he, uh, he leaves and yeah. And, uh, and the airplane gets picked up by a salvage company to take the wings off and take it off and cart it off. <clears throat> um, but as of course, uh, you might expect the FAA comes out and, uh, and, and says, what are you guys doing? And we had, we didn't have a formal registered runway or airport at that time. It was, uh, we just put out a notum that there's this, there's this event going on and that we have an airport and all that. So, uh, but, uh, the Reno FISDO, the people from the Reno FISDO came out and, and, uh, we, we spoke to them and, and talked to them about the, the accident and what happened. And, uh, you know, it, it turned out that, uh, the people, the Reno FISDO are, seem to be unlike what you perceive the FAA to be in that, um, they're actually really cool. They've been, uh, and since that time, they've been very, very helpful over the years, uh, in coming up with suggestions and ideas to make our, to make the event safer every year. And they've been extremely friendly. In fact, I've become friends with, with a number of them. And, um, these are the same people that help, uh, set up the Reno uh, or approve the Reno air races every year. So it's a, it's a really good group of people. Um, so what's they, an example uh, of what they've done to make it safer? Sure. Absolutely. So one of the things that's, that's important is to get, especially new pilots to understand that it's not like flying at your local towered airport with lots of buildings around. So you get a good reference point. The, the, it's a very, it's high elevation. It's uh, 39, well, relatively high elevation, uh, 3,900 foot elevation. Um, and it can get hot out there. So density altitude, altitude can be high. <clears throat> um, and, uh, we get dust storms, uh, like you'll see in some of the photos that I sent, um, big dust storms where you can't see your hand in front of your face, uh, that pop up. Uh, the, the playa surface, the, the dry lake bed is, is a really, really fine powder. Uh, uh, there's another term for it, fuller's earth. Uh, if you go to a gardener supply, uh, it's a very, very fine powder. So it's not going to, it's not going to, you know, sandblast your airplane when, when you, uh, when there's a dust storm, you basically, it's a, it's a really, really fine powder that gets everywhere. It's like the moon. Uh, but these are all, these, these are all, uh, things that are, that you need to, uh, uh, take into, into account when you're flying out there. Uh, it's also 70 miles from the nearest airport with fuel. We don't sell fuel out there and it's, it's very remote. And as I said earlier, there's no radar coverage below 12,000 feet. So, uh, about, I don't know, 10 miles, 12 miles, uh, North of Reno, uh, Reno departure says, you know, squawk VFR, see you later. Um, and same with uh, NorCal when you're when you're heading over from the Bay Area, uh, they they tell you to squawk VFR and see you later. Um, so it's remote flying at its finest. And one of the things that that the uh, FAA suggested <clears throat> was that we do an, an advisory um, and a briefing for pilots 
before they get there and when they're there uh, to just get them up to speed on 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 the uniqueness of of flying out there um so the the playa surface can be it it can be uh some years it can be as hard as concrete and other years it can be kind of soft like you're at the beach and and uh it just varies from year to year based on uh how much water they get and how much sun they get <clears throat> well, I guess so, some people coming in would kind of think twice about flying in. I know Russ, he flies in the sun and fun into a lot of the other events. Guys, would, would you think about flying into this, Russ? Well, I, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but uh, but I, I guess, you know, when you when you fly in the sun and fun or one of those air places, you have these rival procedures, dotums and, and yep. all that stuff. Uh, do you have a similar type of thing at Burning We Ham? do now. Yeah, we do now. And in fact... Uh, it's gotten every year. It's just getting more and more uh, 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 formalized, I should say. Um, you know, we uh, back in 2008, we uh, the the Reno Fisdo helped me help me get the uh, talk to the right person to get the airport registered with the FAA as a private use temporary field, and uh, now we have uh, the the pilot briefing is online, and you actually have to take a test, and you're given a code a unique code for you uh, when you arrive uh, so that when when you arrive, they know that you know that they know. <laughs> well, they, they know that you're, you've taken the test and, uh, and that you are aware of the hazards of landing out there. Uh, it is a private field, so uh, you can be denied um, access to land. Uh, people do land out there occasionally in spite of that, but it's private property. It's, it's, it's a private event on BLM land. Uh, if you flew out there without a ticket and without, um, uh, without a ticket and without, uh, uh, the proper, uh, code and say you tried to sneak in, you'd likely be arrested by the BLM and, and hauled off and, and somebody would have to pick up your airplane somehow. So it's, um, it's serious. Uh, but like I said, it's, it's, it's not as scary as, uh, as you might think, but it's, um, uh, it's unusual and different. I, like I said, I've been flying out there since 2000 and I enjoy it. I love flying out there. Uh, it's, it's backcountry flying at its finest. It's, uh, uh, now it's, it's quite a busy airport. Uh, but it's, it really is a lot of fun. And, and, and once you get used to landing out there as an example, your, since your, since your, uh, sight, your, your depth perception, your height perception is, is out the window, you kind of fly it like you're, um, I don't know if any, anybody here is a, a seaplane pilot, but if you're landing on glassy water, uh, your, your height perception is, is out the window. So you set up for a stabilized, uh, approach and, you set up for a, you know, a nice, uh, uh, you know, several hundred feet per minute descent rate. And, it, you know, ba- basically, uh, you can touch down at that rate and, uh, and it's not an issue. Uh, if you, you know, I, I know people that have gotten, gotten confused about the height and flared too high or, or, or flared too low. Um, uh, and, uh, there's, there's, there are some uh, 
things to to watch out for. But but it talks about it in the in the in the information on on the Burning Man Airport website and the test that you're given uh, the safest way to arrive there. And you're given we have every year we have uh, detailed uh, printouts of of uh, uh, charts of the airport itself and the airport environment, uh, sort of like Sun and Fun in Oshkosh. Um, a little different, not as detailed as both of those arrival procedures and departure procedures. Uh, not as, you know, it's not, it's not 20 pages. It's, it's, uh, it's three or four. So it's, it's much simpler. Um, but, um, but it gives you the information that you need to, uh, to fly there safely. Sounds like I'm assuming this is, oh, sorry. Is this day (laughs) operations only? It is. Yes. It's, uh, from uh, 6.30 till uh, 6.30 in the morning until uh, 6.30 at night, basically. Um, we do have night ops for uh, medevac. Uh, they bring their own lights out. And uh, and then the, we have a jump plane that comes out and uh, does skydiving uh, for a private group that uh, does skydiving at the event, during the event. Um, and they do a night flight uh, on Saturday night, Friday or Saturday night. Oh, awesome. um, yeah. Yeah. So, and that is, it is a lot of fun going in there at night. Uh, I've, I've done night flights and you basically set up a pseudo GPS approach and, and, uh, it ends up being quite easy. Uh, but yeah, generally speaking for everybody else, it's, uh, it's day VFR only. So Victoria, we should go fly in there. I think we should try this. This sounds really cool. <laughs> I have no objections. <laughs> Let's go rent the 172. You know, I, I yes. tell you, one of the things it, it seems to me is it's almost like an air show that's that's grown up around Burning Man. And uh, with that said, you know, we have within our air show community, we have different secret societies that aren't so secret, like Camp Bacon and Camp Radioactive. And just curious, do they have something like like that going on? Like, is there a little society in in the quote unquote air show within Burning Man? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's we have uh, uh, the Black Rock Travel Agency is is one secret society, uh, not really that secret, but but uh, a group of um, longtime participants of the airport itself, uh, and and we set up a uh, a pilot's lounge and uh, things like that and. Um, there's, uh, basically different groups similar to that. Um, and the airport itself, uh, has, has been kind of a, uh, in the past, a a big secret, you know, we'd go into the, into the city at night and people, you know, invariably you talk about, you know, where you're camping and, and you say you're out of the airport and they go, what, wait, what there's, there's an airport here. And, and, um, and I just say, yeah, haven't you seen the airplanes flying around? They said, yeah, but I just kind of figured it was people flying from from Reno or something like that. Just to, just to look, uh, fly overhead. It's like, no, no. And, and in fact, one of the, one of the really cool things about, about the gifting society that is Burning Man is a lot of pilots come out and gift rides to, um, to participants of the event and, uh, to see the event from the air is is really amazing as i said it's it's 12 square miles it's huge to see and to see it from the air is is really amazing uh when you see pictures of it uh if you see uh, uh large pictures of it it looks like um it, it looks like wow it's it's a good size event and 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 then when you realize the the smallest thing you can see in most pictures are motorhomes and 18 wheelers and that's the finest detail that you can see um, 
unless you're really close up on a, on a on on something. If you're like you're zoomed out to the whole event, the the finest detail you'll generally see is a, is a motorhome or an eighteen wheeler or, or or things like that. It's big. It's really really big, and to see it from the air is it's uh, it's amazing. Absolutely incredible hey, the shots that I, I've seen. But sorry, go ahead, Russ. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, no doubt, Carl. But some of the shots I've seen are kind of what I want to ask about because you know we've seen yeah. videos. Of, you, know, you mentioned blowing dirt, and you mentioned this playa yes. dust and such. Yes. What kind of precautions <laughs> would you have to take? I mean, you know, carry extra air filters and oil filters with you. What, what do people generally do? You know, it it, it runs the gamut. Uh, some people will arrive uh, and land and literally saran wrap their airplane and and wrap it up completely. <laughs> I, I mean, like a cocoon. Um, you know, I, I, I never did. I never have, uh, you know, I'll, um, I'll use, uh, some blue 3M painters tape and, uh, and, you know, plug up the, the, the vents, uh, that, that don't already have, you know, I'll put cowl plugs in and, and pedo covers on and things like that. But any other, uh, uh, of the, you know, inlet vents, uh, I will cover up. And, and that's about it. Um, things get dusty inside and out, but I go flying during the event, so I'm not going to saran wrap it. Um, but uh, it just gets dusty, and, and you don't worry about it. When I get home, uh, I, I wash the airplane thoroughly inside and out, and it's never really been an issue. So the, the playa dust is, uh, is, is alkaline, uh, and so there's a secret to cleaning things, aircraft, motorcycles, cars, trucks, RVs, whatever. <clears throat> and that is to, um, get us, a, a, a spray bottle and put a, a, a light vinegar water solution. So it's mostly water, but uh, just a little bit of vinegar in it. And you go over the uh, aircraft with, uh, or anything with, uh, with this vinegar solution, uh, light, like I said, light vinegar solution. And that releases the dirt because if you just use soap and water, uh, soap is alkaline. So is the so is the playa dust. So it just moves it around. But a little bit of, uh, a, like I said, a light vinegar solution, the dust releases, and then you wash the airplane with soap and water. Comes right off, and it's easy. Um, if you have uh, fabric seats, just use a vacuum, um, and, and that's really all you need to do. Uh, same with carpets, um, and that's it. Uh, like I said, I've I've taken three different. I've taken a Skyhawk out there, my old Skyhawk, and then a Grumman Tiger that I had. I flew for a while. And, uh, and then the Myers 200 I took out there many, many years, never had a problem with it. Um, so it really runs the gamut I, and, and, and the types of aircraft that are out there runs the gamut for everything from gosh, a long easies, very easy Cessna one fifties, uh, uh, you know, uh, sky bolts, uh, up to, well, uh, you know, Pelas PC 12s, King air three fifties, uh, beach 1900s and da- de Havilland dash eights, 29 seat de Havilland dash eights that we use for, uh, uh, the charter ops. So it's, it runs the gamut on the size and scope of the different types of airplanes that are out there. Um, and very unusual ones too. Um, I, uh, you'll see also a photo of a, um, a Sikorsky, uh, I believe it's an S 29. It's a, it's the twin engine, uh, seaplane from the, the twenties that, uh, a gentleman owns that, uh, uh, he was, he was just flying by. He was the, at the time he was the, uh, the, uh, CEO of, of one of the casinos in Reno and he was just flying, happened to fly by and saw the airport and decided to land and, and saw us. Um, 
but uh, all kinds of unusual airplanes, uh, seaplanes, uh, lake amphibians, and and uh, gosh, all kinds of stuff. But it's 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 turned into uh, you know a mini air show uh, with with all kinds of uh, cool airplanes. I should also mention that the event happens. Uh, where it happens is inside of uh, the Reno MOA, uh, military operations area, that um, is sometimes active during the event. And we'll get F-18 air shows and and, uh, all kinds of uh, aircraft from the nearby Fallon uh, Naval Air Base. And uh, usually doing some really neat routines that that, uh, often in the afternoon, uh, about when we're done flying, and uh, we'll just, you know, pull up a chair and just watch, uh, watch the fun that they're having. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot. Of, it's, it's really amazing to see. You said you do a lot of flying. Describe that. I mean, I think I'm having a tough time wrapping my head around that. Do you just, you kind of go out and back <laughs> or what do you do? Sure. So, um, well, sometimes we'll just, you know, I'll, we'll gift rides around the event. Well, uh, somebody wants to see the event from the air, we'll, take them up for a flight and, um, and let them see the event from the air. We'll come back down and land. Uh, other times if, if I'm, if I don't have a motor home, uh, out there, uh, we will go get supplies every few days. We'll go, uh, hop in the airplane and go to Winnemucca or Reno. And, uh, Winnemucca is great cause they've got a courtesy car and, and, a, and a, and a Walmart nearby and, and we can go get more water and more supplies and, and, and food and, and things like that. Um, and it's, you know, 70 miles away. So it's an easy, easy flight, uh, top off with fuel and, and come back. Um, there's also a lot of, um, uh, nearby dry lake beds that have, uh, hot springs, uh, during the event, there are some hot springs near the event, but they're closed during the event to, uh, because 80,000 people would overrun some of these hot springs. But, uh, since you're in an airplane, uh, there are hot springs not that far away uh, 30 to 80 miles, depending on the hot springs that you can go fly to. Um, and, uh, within, you know, a, sometimes a, a two or three minute walk from your airplane are some hot springs and go and, uh, and, and clean up and, and get yourself uh, clean that way. And it's a, a, a nice, uh, a nice adventure. So Burning Man, the airport is part of this event. It also yes. is something which, embraces the actual airport embraces those principles within burning man a lot of what you said actually deals with those main principles the gifting of flights that's incredible Mm -hmm. the the self-reliance and the Mm self-expression and the communal effort i think that's terrific one thing though that really i've been trying to figure out my brain and i would love to (laughs) see this in a video how in the world and i'm a big believer in this leave no trace how in the world do you shut down an air show that big so I guess the bigger, bigger question is how do you shut down an event that big? And, <laughs> and, and, and really it is amazing. Um, the leave no trace, uh, is, I mean, there's no trash cans at the event at all. People take what they brought and they, and they bring trash bags and you know, the secret is you bring contractor trash bags so they don't leak. Um, and, uh, what I'll do typically is, um, if, if I'm, if I'm making a, a run for supplies during the week, I'll take a trash bag out of mine. 
Um, but if I'm not, uh, I'll, I'll put a, I'll use just contractor trash bags and I'll use some regular kitchen bags. I use the regular kitchen bags and when it gets full, I put it into a contractor trash bag, which doesn't leak. And it's really, you know, really thick, heavy duty, uh, trash bags and you tie them up when you're done. Um, but, uh, everybody that goes, uh, uh, is you know, I, I would say most people that go are not only take care of their own trash, but uh, we're all looking for moop matter out of place. And uh, if we're walking along, instead of just walking by a piece of trash, uh, if it comes up occasionally, we'll just pick it up. And that's usually the case for just about everybody there and especially out of the airport, especially, you know, the people that have been coming for years and years and years really take that to heart and um, and and work to keep the the place clean. Um, so uh, to give you an idea why that's so important, um, Burning Man pays a, uh, a permit fee for the event and it's the largest permit fee uh of the BLM. It's many millions of dollars for each event every year. Wow. Uh, and they have a deposit that they have to pay of similar amounts, uh, that so that the event that the, the dry lake bed has to be returned to its original condition, obviously without, you know, there's going to be tire tracks and things like that. Uh, but no trash, nothing left on the event before, uh, uh, by the end of the event, after uh, uh, a teardown, um, nothing can be there. Uh, and so literally, <clears throat> after the event is over, uh, when we're tearing down the event, we're all uh, looking for uh, matter out of place, MOOP. Um, and if you have, um, you know, uh, there are uh, camps, uh, uh, there's uh, theme camps that are in the event. There's actual dedicated camps that they have their own area. And it's cordoned off as part of that theme camp. After the event is over, you are responsible for your area of the, uh, of your, your theme camp. And, uh, literally, <clears throat> uh, after the events over the burning man organization will take a, 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 a an index card and, the, a group of people from the Burning Man organization will look for any moop in that area and they'll attach it to this uh, index card. If the index card, the single index card, is, becomes full of moop, uh, you can potentially lose your theme camp for next year. That's how serious they are. So literally a three-by-five card full of, of, of trash that's taped to it. If it's full, you're out. So people are really, really careful about making sure that their area, their, their theme camp, or you know, or in our case, the airport, is clean uh, at the end of the at the end of the event. Well, hats off to them for that, and and all the other <clears throat> air shows that they do that. But you know, one thing in my mind, usually we think about you know pilots as being kind of very strict and straightforward, et cetera. But uh, one of the parts uh -huh. of Burning Man that I really enjoy is the self-expression. And uh, we would think that at an event where you fly into or the fly-in portion, that there wouldn't be much self-expression. But I think I'm wrong in that. So I, I'd love to hear maybe some possible examples of that at the fly-in, possibly in, I don't know, what people do with their airplanes. 
Uh, sure. I mean, there have been uh, the BlackRock Travel Agency. Um, there, some some people with the BlackRock Travel Agency had a uh, an old Piper Apache that they painted that was very um, uh, very unique. It, it had uh, flames on it and and uh, painted on guns and all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, uh, gosh, people do all kinds of things. People uh, are fix up their bikes. People fix up the people bring out these amazing art cars to the, uh, to the airport and to the event that are unbelievable to see. Uh, imagine, <clears throat> imagine somebody create, take an old airport fire truck with the big giant tires, taking the body off and turning it into what looks like a Volkswagen beetle. S- proportionally a Volkswagen Beetle that's huge. So you get into it and, and it looks like you're this tiny person driving this, this Volkswagen Beetle. Um, there's, uh, uh, there have been uh, giant uh, pirate ships uh, built on school buses that are beautifully detailed with, with uh, ornate wood and, and all kinds of things. Um, boats uh, that have wheels on them. Actual yeah, actual uh, yachts that have been turned into uh, art cars, uh, you know, 80, 100 foot yachts that have been turned into art cars. Um, Sky Chick like is a that. good example. That's an example of radical <laughs> self-expression right there, just in, in her alone. I'm going to get some, yes. some heat for that, but and, and we're going to have to have her on sometime to talk about that. You, but uh, just, just uh, I could imagine she'd be fit in just great at the show. Sky Chick is amazing. She, we, we've <laughs> yes. been friends... Gosh, as long as we've been going to Burning Man, or as I've been going to Burning Man, and, and she's great, and I, I definitely recommend having her on because, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, the the outfits that people wear. Uh, Sky Chick uh, is is famous for her and her friends' uh, amazing outfits on a daily basis. It's a, a new, unique outfit, and uh, so much fun to see. Um, you know, the, uh, the, and the, and there's things that help people get into the spirit of things that, uh, like, uh, uh, Tuesday of the event is, uh, is tutu Tuesday. So, um, yes, it's true. I've worn a tutu. Uh, Oh boy. I don't know if I want to see that <laughs> with clothes, with clothes. <laughs> okay, don't <good>. worry. <laughs> I don't want to scare anybody. <laughs> it's, uh, but no, you know, I'll, I'll wear, um, uh, there are, I, I go scuba diving in Fiji and, uh, there are, um, the male version of the sarong, uh, it's called a, a sula and it's, um, basically a, a skirt for men. It's kind of like a kilt only longer and, uh, usually a batik pattern. It's actually, uh, uh, cool looking. And so I'll, I'll usually wear those and some crazy shirts and things like that. Um, but uh, just the outfits that that people come up with are 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 amazing, and it's a lot of fun. Well, I'm going to go for that tutu event. That's that definitely. Uh, I'm, <laughs> we're taking pictures next time I'm there. I'd have to have to have a few adult beverages to do that. Pictures <laughs> or blackmail? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Nobody right. wants to see me in tutu, really. Oh, it's too. But, yeah, well, it's too late for me. You know, I I I wear. It's so funny. My uh, I met my wife. Uh, Shelly in, uh, in 2007, about three weeks before Burning Man. And, uh, uh, she'd never been on a small plane before until we met and, and she liked that and, uh, loved it actually. And, and working on her pilot's license. And, but she, uh, uh, I said, Hey, I'm going to Burning Man. She's like, Oh, I always wanted to go and never, never been. 
Burning Man is the kind of place you take your significant other and it's either going to go really well or <laughs> really bad. Um, fortunately for me, uh, it went really well. She had a great time. I had a great time. And um, ever since, uh, she's made me some outfits that are a lot of fun. Big, you know, crazy, shiny uh, uh, outfits that are uh, uh, kind of over the top. You know, set think think seventies disco sometimes. Um, oh God, that you know it's there if you're if you're just wearing typical everyday clothes, you kind of stand out. Uh, and the nice thing is nobody really cares. You can wear everyday typical street clothes, and nobody would care. Uh, but it 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 gives you the opportunity to to dress up crazy. And not worry about it. Uh, you know, it's one of the things that, um, you know, some of the the uh, the dot com uh, billionaires and the you know some of the more uh, successful uh, uh, giants of industry will go to Burning Man because they can dress up, and you wouldn't know who they were. So you could be at a camp in some theme camp somewhere in a tent, giant you know circus tent kind of thing, hanging out on a on a couch talking to somebody, and you wouldn't know if they were some hippie from Santa Cruz, uh, or a dot-com billionaire. You just wouldn't know it. And you know what? You usually wouldn't care. There's usually just interesting people, no matter, uh, where they are and where they are in, in life outside of uh, Burning Man. Well, that's totally cool. Gosh, you know, before we go, I think, uh, Victoria, you had uh, one quick question before we have to, to close out the show. And with that, I, I just love the fact there's so much inclusion there and the fact that people are just around everybody else and they're just regular people. So, uh, Victoria, what was your question again? Oh, I was just curious about the future of Burning Man Airport. You know, you mentioned that you did some skydiving demos. Will it, there ever be um, a little bit more of an air show going on over there? We've talked about that. Um and in fact, uh, we on uh, on the on the Sunday after the uh, the man burns is on Saturday night. The the, uh, the 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 big the man that they build every year, um, and and we have uh, had impromptu air shows after that on on Sunday after the event, um, but it's become so busy for arrivals and departures that it's difficult. It would be difficult to actually close the airport, uh, to have an actual air show, uh, and, and have, you know, somebody do aerobatic routine, uh, uh, there. So it's, it's, um, it, it is different in that sense, uh, from, from a typical, uh, from a tickle, you know, sun and fun or, or Oshkosh, <clears throat> but, the number of people that are going up and gifting rides in unusual aircraft is an opportunity really to go and, and, and get a ride with, uh, somebody who has, uh, you know, a Ren 460 or a found aircraft, or, you know, there's, there's all kinds of unusual aircraft out or a lake amphibian that, you know, okay, are we going to go do, uh, 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 hammerheads and things like that? Um, no, but uh, some people do come out in in uh, in their steam in their Skybolt or their or their uh, uh, you know aerobatic airplane, and they'll head out uh, away from the event and go do some aerobatics on their own. But really, it's it's an opportunity to see and hang out with uh, other crazy pilots with sometimes other very interesting aircraft. 
Well, Dean, you've really opened our eyes to something that I think is quite unique in the United States, and that's Burning Man. For those that don't know about it, I gosh, I, I would really encourage you to go check it out. Uh, the 10 principles, especially, if nothing else, go look at their 10 principles. It's something we all could live by, you know, especially though the radical inclusion and what you just talked about with the flights and the gifting and the radical self-expression. And, and also, you know, being somebody that's not going to leave a trace. And uh, I think those are uh, those plus all the others are, are the things that I think we can all put in our hearts and, and live by in general in life. Now, with this Black Rock City Municipal Airport that disappears every year, there's a lot of people that volunteer, and hats off to them. Hats off to Dean for doing that, for being a volunteer at this airport. But if they want to find out more information, I know they do have a website. It's airport.com. Burningman.org is one of them. And also, of course, you can just look up Burningman.org or just Burning Man Airport and Google. What might just happen, you find some really, really cool pictures. This year, uh, it's actually, I think, iRobot is the theme, I think, this year. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Isaac Asimov, that's, uh, I guess that was a four-book series. I can't remember, three or four-book series. Very interesting right. series that, uh, make sure you read it beforehand, but it, it's going to be really cool to see. I'm assuming that's also going to be burnt in effigy, isn't it, Dean? Yes, every year. And uh, and also, Dean, where where can they find you? I know, uh, of course, the Flying Eyes Optics is uh, your brand, et cetera, and also the fact that you fly some unique aircraft at Myers 200. But where else can we find you on the internet? Uh, so uh, at, at MyersAircraft.org, that's the uh, Myers Aircraft Owners Association. Um, they can you can email me there. Uh, you can email me uh, through the uh, FlyingEyesOptics.com. Uh, website, uh, and uh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook and, and other places like that as well. And of course, if someone has a question, they can go to stuckmikeavcast at gmail.com, send us a question, we'll send it over to Dean, and Dean, we could sit here and talk for hours about Burning Man. As a, ma as a matter of fact, I'm happy hours. to do so. Oh, gosh. And everything else you've done in aviation, you've really had a blessed life as far as aviation is concerned. Uh, but I think Thank one of the things that's neat is the fact that you, know, you didn't sit there. You, you stepped out and you did something. You, you went out and explored, and that's part of what we all do in aviation. One of the things we love is the exploration. It's the meeting new people and discovering new worlds. And, and being included in this wonderful earth. And I think that that brings all of us together in this wonderful, you know, avocation that we have and this hobby that we have here. So if, if people are really interested in any of those things, we have it in the show notes. Don't forget to go out there. We also have a really cool video about Burning Man Airport on YouTube. There's going to be a link to it. And that has Sky Chicken. I think you know the video I'm talking about, Dean. That, that <laughs> is, a, that yes. is a, a really cool one there. Dean, this, this has been awesome having you on. We'd love to have you back again to talk aviation and also uh, encourage you, <laughs> Thank you so much. to get out there and, and, and fly out there to Burning Man. I know you're in the Austin area, I think, so next time yes, I, that's uh, right. people are bopping in there, maybe you know, shoot, a, shoot a message, maybe he'll be around, and uh, I definitely will come visit you. I uh, was just Absolutely. in the Austin area the, the other day and, and was just thinking about you and about this interview about Burning Man. <laughs> And uh, that, it's apropos that you're, you go from Austin to Burning Man. There's, there's a lot of connections there. <laughs> yes, there are. It's very true. Dean, thanks again. I appreciate that. And also from everybody here, you know, with, with Larry Overstreet and Tom Frick and Russ Roslevsky oh. and, and Victoria, you know, gosh, it's just been wonderful just having, having you on. And, of course, uh, our special guest, 
right here in the studio and uh, pilot Jim G, who is actually our first person to actually record in studio. The studio is no longer a virgin. No. <laughs> so, so no longer. Oh, we have to come up with some something now that you have to do to, to after you, it looks like they do a burning man, but we're not that creative. Um, stuck Mike hazing. Stuck Mike hazing. <laughs> oh, wait, anti-hazing. No, 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 we can't do that. <laughs> well, thanks so much again, Dean. I really appreciate what you do and what you've done out there in, in Burning Man and all that you do in aviation. And we'll, we'll definitely have you back on again. And from us and from everybody else at the Stuck Mike Avcast, thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you have any questions and feedback, want to ask Dean something or any comments about some of the past episodes please email us at stuckmikeavcast at gmail.com and you know just like dean has done you know get out there and do something in aviation do something fun take that step to do something really really different like a burning man get another rating whatever hopefully dean's experiences in his life is a, have really inspired you to do that we'll talk to you next episode safe long You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.